Our scripture reading today comes from Genesis 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the water. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. Genesis, Genesis 1, 24 through 28. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kindness, livestock and creeping things, and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the earth, on the ground, according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us create man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth and over all every creepy thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. And in, in the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word what? And the sorry, or in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things we were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was in the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The grass may wither, and the flowers may fade, but the word of, the God, is, of God is forever. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Karen. Blessings to you. Will you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Oh, Father God, would you come with power and would you be pleased to speak through a broken sinner like me? Oh, God, it was your word. It was the word of God that created all things. It was the word of God in flesh that would redeem all things. And God, we now ask that 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 word, that word of God would be heard and understood by all who are listening. So God, come and And give us ears to hear your voice. And God, give us minds to understand your will. And God, give us hearts that would embrace your truth and your love. And give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of your name. God, the things that I say are wrong or just simply my opinion or irrelevant and not important. May those things just fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true and 
They contain the good news of the gospel, whether we're in the gospel of John or Genesis or anywhere in your scripture. God, would you use those words to make us more like your son, our Savior Jesus. And in his matchless name that we pray, amen. If you have a Bible, if you can turn with me, you're going to be in two places this morning. We're going to be in the very first pages of Scripture. We're going to be in Genesis 1, and we're going to be in Gospel of John. John 1 this morning, and a few other uh, passages as we begin a new sermon series, a sermon series called Our Rock Through the Ages. I'm going to tell you more about that sermon series as we jump into it. A shout out to to Scott, uh, I love that song, Rock of Ages. Maybe you were familiar with it. Maybe you thought, this is a little bit of a different tune. That's my favorite tune of Rock of Ages, a guy named James Ward. And so, uh, man, thanks for singing it, man. That was, that was awesome. So absolutely love that. Well, we're going to talk about this rock throughout the ages. Why? Because it's going to remind us that the greatest story ever told, the greatest story ever told is the Bible story. Uh, it really is. Why is the Bible the greatest story ever told? Well, it's because of this. God is the greatest storyteller. He's the first storyteller. He's the ultimate storyteller. I mean, what God is telling us, it's His story. And as He tells us His story, it's, it's history. It's true history. It's real history. He doesn't tell us all of history in His story. But He tells us what we need to hear as His people. He tells us, of who he is. He tells us how he loves. He tells us of what he requires of us. And man, he tells us of his son, our hero, Jesus. If you know the Bible, uh, if you've been hanging around it at all, if you read it, maybe you grew up hearing about it, you know that the Bible is filled with some incredible Bible stories. And, and if you don't know it, read it. It's amazing. The Bible really is. I mean, it's some stories that are absolutely amazing. Stories like Noah and the flood, stories like David and Goliath and this incredible giant that would be taken down by a little boy with a slingshot and a really, really good shot. You even hear stories like Balaam and his talking donkey long before Shrek came ever out. You know, uh, the Bible had a talking donkey uh, in it. It's just absolutely incredible. And you hear stories like Mar- uh, Mary and Joseph. You get to the New Testament and and fishermen, knuckleheads like myself named Peter, and, and guys like Paul. And, and it's just absolutely filled with amazing stories. But you know, what we all need to hear, what is a startling truth, is you can know the Bible stories and not know the story of the Bible. You can know the Bible stories and you can swing and miss and miss the Bible story. Because the Bible story, although there's 66 books, uh, although it was written primarily in two languages, Hebrew and Greek, over thousands of years, although many human authors were inspired by the Holy Spirit that would talk, although it's broken into two testaments, an old and a new, the Bible tells one story. And you could know the stories of the Bible and miss the Bible story. And if you do, it's a tragedy because you can't miss it. You know, Jesus, after his resurrection, one of my favorite stories is Jesus after his resurrection. It's in Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 24. And he shows up on a road, a road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. 
And a couple of guys were journeying on that road, and they were journeying, they were downcast, they were really bummed, because they were in Jerusalem, and they saw Jesus come in triumphantly, enter, they thought that he was the Messiah, and they, they, they saw him get killed. They saw him get crucified, and he's like, ah, oh. these guys were like, man, we thought this Jesus was it, we, you know, we thought this was the long-awaited Messiah, I mean, we, listen to this, we knew the Bible stories. We knew the Bible stories and we knew the hope of a Messiah to come and they, they were familiar with it, but they missed the story of the Bible. And Jesus uh, shows up and he, he walks alongside these people who knew the Bible stories but missed the Bible story. And, and what he does is he's talking to them and saying, hey guys, what's going on? He's like, hey, are you the only guy who doesn't know what's going on? I mean, this Jesus was powerful, man. This Jesus was a prophet of God and we thought he was the one, but they nailed him to a tree. And it's been three, three days since they killed him. And Jesus, man, it was beautiful. He did only what Jesus and the power of the Spirit could do. He opened up their mind to the story. He opened up their mind to, the, to not just the stories of the Bible, but to the story of the Bible. That this one story that, that God is going to make all things new through His Son, the Redeemer, and this, this Son that's going to come, He's going to have to suffer, and He's going to have to die and he's going to die for our sins. And, and how, what did Jesus do? I love this. He, he takes them. And remember, these are the guys that, that knew the stories of the Bible. And he starts at the very beginning of the story. He starts with, he starts with Moses, who, who wrote the Pentateuch, which is the first five books. He starts in the book of, of Genesis. And then he's going to make his way uh, through the, the prophets like Isaiah and Ezekiel and Hosea and, uh, and, and, and the history things. And he's going to get to the poets like, like Job and, and Lamentations and, and, and throughout the Proverbs and the Psalms. And he's going to say, listen, guys, the whole story is one story. It's one story. Of me, Jesus would say, of the Christ. Couldn't see it right away. And, and as, as Jesus opened up God's story, watch this, as he showed them the one story of the Bible, you know what happened? Their hearts burned. Inside them, their hearts were like on fire. They knew the stories of the Bible, but they just for the first time heard the Bible story and it produced something in them that changed. You see, the stories of the Bible, they're entertaining. If nothing else, they're entertaining. They're, they're by the way, studying it with guys like Bruce Walkie and Seminary that would show us the literary beauty of the Bible alone. It's amazing stuff. It's a great story in and of themselves. But when you know the, the, the story of the Bible, it's more than just entertaining. It's transforming. It ignites a fire. You know that you have gotten the story of the Bible when your heart burns within you when you read it or when you hear it. Has it ever burned inside of you? Have you ever, you ever heard the, the story of God's love for us in Christ Jesus? Has your, has your heart been set on fire? Then you know you've heard the story of the Bible. And if you can sit here and say, you know what, I, it's, I've never felt that way, or you're online, now, you probably know the stories of the Bible. But you don't know the story of the Bible. This morning we are going to begin a sermon series on the story of the Bible. What is it? It's a story of Jesus. How Jesus is God's eternal Son. He always has been. But He's more than that. He's our Savior. And of all the stories of the Bible, they really only point to one hero. They really only point to one prophet. They really only point to one king. They really only point to one priest. 
And that ultimate prophet, priest, and king, that ultimate hero, that ultimate champion, that ultimate warrior is God's Son who came to make all things new. He he came to set us free. He came to live the life that we failed to live, to die the death that we deserved to die. He came to make us His own. He came to rescue us. He came on a seek-and-save mission. And I'll tell you, He'd leave heaven to come to earth, to come find us. Smelly sheep. It's incredible. We see Jesus is that rock through the ages. So what we're going to do is we're going to start a sermon series this morning of our rock through the ages, finding Jesus in Scripture. And I'm, I'm not kidding you when I say this. It's going to take us years to complete. So don't get nervous thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's turning out. This is like the rest of my life I'm going to be telling you about Jesus. But I really feel compelled that we're going to start in Genesis. And listen, we're going to, we're going to make our way. I'm not going to preach through every verse in Genesis. I want to just show you Jesus in the book of Genesis of how clearly he's there. And we're going to go through the Pentateuch, but we're, we're going to stop right before Advent at the burning bush. And then we'll look at Advent. We're going to look into Isaiah and how we find him in there. And we're going to, I got, I got a plan that God has put on my heart. Uh, we're going to jump back in the New Testament and see him come next year. But put your seatbelts on, King's Chapel. Here we go. We're going to jump into God's Word. We're going to look at the rock through the ages. We're going to start in Genesis in the very beginning and have God say, come tell us this incredible story from the very beginning. This morning, we're going to look at three things, three very important things, all right? Karen, great job in reading us in Genesis and John. Did you hear the similarities between the two? They sounded very similar. This morning, we're going to see three things about the story. Jesus is the Word of God. We're going to see that Jesus is the source of light, and Jesus is the source of life. Now, listen, unless we get these three things, this is where we start, you'll just know the stories of the Bible. But when you understand this, and you start to understand the story of the Bible, your heart will burn. Let's pray. Father, I can't tell the story like you. I'm just going to gunk it up. So would you tell it through me? God, would you give us ears to hear, each and every one of us. And God, would you give us, give some people today, the first time ever, ears to hear. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. First thing we're going to find out, that Jesus is the Word of God. And this is really, really important to us. The first thing we see is Jesus is that creating Word of God. He is the creating Word of God in Genesis 1.1, it tells us in Genesis 1.1 through 3. How did this all happen? How did creation happen? God could have done it a myriad of different ways. How did God create all things? You ready for this? He spoke. He used the Word. The power of the Word of God. The dunamis. The dynamite of the Word of God. That God would speak into existence. Creation. Let your mind be blown. And He would do it ex nihilo. Out of nothing. God would speak. God, What God used to create all things was His Word. And then we realize, guess what that word is? That word of God? Well, the word that he used, that word is Jesus. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, starts with him. This is the story of God. In the beginning, God. We make sure we know this is God's story. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. Everything that was created, he did. And here's what it says in verse 3. And God said, that's how he created. God spoke. God used his word. He said, let there be light. And guess what? There was light. So John, I love how the Gospel of John, it's different than the other three Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called synoptic Gospels. They're, they're alike. John is a little bit different. Um, and John is going to start off, start off this way. In the beginning. Sound familiar? 
you got Genesis 1, you got John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And by the way, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and it's very important. Listen to verse 3. And all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So what's he saying? Well, this, this Word of God, this This Jesus, this eternal Word of God, He was always with God, He fully is God, and He made all things. Paul will pick up on this theme in Colossians, if you want to write this down, Colossians 1, verses 15 and 16. Paul says this glorious passage, he says this, that Jesus, He is the image of the invisible God. Fully God. He's the image of the invisible God. And then it says he's the firstborn of all creation. Now that might trip us up in saying, wait a minute, is Jesus created? No, no, this is saying firstborn, he is ruling and reigning over all things. He never was created. Jesus is not a created being. He's always been. He's an eternal God. But listen to verse 16. For by him, Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through Him. And watch this. All things were created through Him. Watch this. And for Him. Why did God create this? Because He needed us? No. Why did He create all this? Because to entertain us? No. He created all things through His Son and for His Son. Creation was made through the Word of God and made for the Word of God. You know what this was all created for? To display God's glory. It's for us to see creation and say, wow, it's amazing. It's what Paul will write in Romans eleven thirty six, That for from Him, Jesus, for, listen, from Him and through Him and to Him be all things. To Him be glory forever and ever. God created all things for His glory, for the glory of our great God. That is why God created all things. Jesus is the creating Word of God. But He's more than that. Jesus is the revealing Word of God. God chose to reveal Himself through creation. And I love what Scripture tells us. Listen, Psalm 19 starts off by saying that creation, day and night, pour forth speech. That we should hear it. You should go to the ocean and not just put a shell to your ear to hear the ocean. You should go and see creation and say, clearly there's a designer. Clearly, there's a creator. This is amazing. That creation itself will pour forth speech. And in Romans 1, Paul will say that all of us are without excuse for knowing God just by creation itself. But creation doesn't tell us enough about God to be saved, to know Him. So, God's Word is the revealing Word of God. Although creation tells us about God, God reveals Himself to us by His Word. Okay, by His Word right here. But watch this. The story of the Bible is so beautiful. How does God reveal Himself to us? Watch this. Because the Word of God, Jesus, would become flesh and dwell among us. How does God reveal Himself? He reveals Himself through His Son. He reveals Himself through the Word who would put on flesh and live among us. John 1 would say this. John 1.14 And that Word, remember this is the eternal Word of God, And that Word became flesh and dwelt among us. I love the language there. You know what it literally means? The Word became flesh and and pitched a tent. It tabernacled with us. And that's the image that God uses of always tabernacling, templing with His people. 
And so the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we've seen His glory. Glory is the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And by the way, John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes before me ranks before me because He was before me. But let's get to 16. For from His fullness, from Jesus' fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now look at verse 18. This is the revealing Word of God. No one has ever seen God. God is a Spirit. The only God who is at the Father's side. He, Jesus, has made Him known. The only way you know God is through Jesus. He is the revealing Word. John, Jesus would say in the Gospel of John in that, that upper room with His disciples, and you're familiar with this passage probably in John 14, 6. He says, Jesus would say, hey guys, Listen, let me back up and said, he says to his disciples, hey, I'm going to go prepare a place for you. They're going to crucify and kill me, but don't fret because I'm going to go play, prepare a place for you. And they're like, where are you going to go? I mean, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to get there? How, how are we going to get to the Father? How are we going to get to, how, what, what, what are we going to do? And Jesus would say to us and to his disciples, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father. Listen, not some. No one comes to God the Father except through me. And if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And Philip, one of his disciples, said to him, Lord, all you got to do is show us the Father. And that's enough for us. Just show us the Father. We get it. Okay, show us who God really is. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still don't know me, Philip? Listen, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Here's the point. You can never know God apart from Jesus. You can never know God apart from the Word of God. And we never would have known Him if He didn't come to look for us. We never would have known God if He didn't reveal Himself to us by putting on flesh and dwelling among us and rescuing us. We live in a world who says, you Christians, you're so narrow-minded. You Christians, you think you got the only way. You Christians, isn't all religions equal? Aren't all faiths the same? Aren't we all the same? Well, we've got to say, God's Word has been revealed to us very clearly that the only way to know God is God. Listen, we don't invent ways to know God. We don't, we don't make up ways to know God. He comes to us. He reveals Himself to us. We are dependent on God revealing Himself to us. How does He do it? Through His Son. How amazingly arrogant of humanity to say, ah, you know, Jesus, he might be a way. I can pick other ways. Who's telling me which way I can find God? God is telling us the way we find him. And the only way we find him. Jesus says, listen, I'm not a way, a possible way. I'm not one of many ways. He says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. There's no other way except through me. He is the revealing word of God. The third thing we see in this is he is the final word of God. Uh, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and end. The book of Revelation will say he's got both the first word and God's uh, son, Jesus, has the final word. I love how the book of Hebrew begins. reminds us that the Jesus is far superior than anything else. So Hebrews 1 begins this way. Now lean into this and, and, and listen. Long ago and at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Here's what it's saying. Listen, throughout time, God speaks. Good news. He communicates. 
And a long time ago, he spoke through these prophets. And they said things like, thus saith the Lord. That's how we knew them. But in verse 2, but in these last days, we're living in these last days. It started when Jesus came. In these last days, he's spoken to us by his son. The other ones are prophets. Now he's speaking to us through his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, the one who owns all things, and through whom he also created all things in the world. Here we got the creator God. That this Jesus, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. He's truly God. After making purification for sins on the cross, he sat down at the right hand of God, uh, the majesty on high, having become much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. He's basically saying this. Listen, at the end times, in the last word, Jesus came. He came in the word of God in flesh. He came to fulfill everything that was promised in God's word. All the shadows of the Old Testament find their substance in Jesus. Everything that was hoped for finds its reality in Jesus. It's so beautiful. And he's got the last word. When Jesus came, he lived a life that we didn't, died the death we deserved, got resurrected, and he took the mic of God's word and he dropped it. Now we got, he still speaks to us through his word. But listen, we're not adding on to his word. Once the son speaks, it's over. It's done. That's the final word. And what aggravates me is you've got some good, nice, moral people that live right here in our country that started in upstate New York, which all good things come from upstate New York. <laughs> they dug up some tablets in Palmyra, New York, and they felt like God spoke to the Latter-day Saints. A new word. No, 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 no. There's, there's no new word spoken. <laughs> the son spoke, right? The son spoke. We, we, he... He didn't wait and have some tablets be dug up in upstate New York to have a new and fresh book and word and a pearl of great price. Jesus speaks. He drops the mic. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way you ever will know God is He reveals Him to us. He's the creating Word of God. He's the revealing Word of God. And He's the final Word of God. That is who Jesus is. But also Jesus is the source of light. He's the one who created light. In Genesis 1, 1 through 5, what's the first thing he does? He separates darkness from light. The first thing he does is he creates light by speaking it into very existence. And I love the way that John would say it in John 4 and 5, that in him Jesus was life and the life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not overcoming. We have light in our lives and in our world, day and night, because Jesus spoke it into existence. But not only did he create life, it's revealing light. It's through his light that we understand the world. Listen, here's what he's saying. You don't get it. We, we don't get life without him. Without his light, we don't understand light. We need to have the guiding light of Christ in our lives to understand who he is, to understand who we are, to understand what he's calling of us to do. I love what Psalm 36, 9 says. For with you is the fountain of life. Life comes from him. And in your light do we see light. Here's what it's saying. In the light of Christ, we see light. He's the one who reveals truth. We can't see it ourselves. 
He's the only one. Jesus would say it again this way. Jesus would say, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. I'm that revealing light. And then in one five, that light will shine and the darkness will not overcome it. That Jesus is the redeeming light. Darkness doesn't win. Jesus came, listen, to shine into our darkness. The light of Christ will forever shine. Here's what matters to you all. Here's, here's the bottom line. No matter how dark it gets in your life, no matter how many struggles and burdens you go with, no matter how many prayer requests that break our hearts, no matter how many stories we hear of a world that is seemingly spinning out of control, no how many things that we break our hearts and break our lives, both the darkness inside and the darkness outside, it doesn't win. Did you hear that? The light of Christ wins. Even in your addictions, even in your struggles, even in your waywardness and mind, the light of Christ wins. Jesus came to shine in the darkness, and it says the darkness didn't overcome it. It didn't put it out. Satan thought, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to crucify him on a cross. And we're going to put this light out. And it was God's plan all along that, that through that darkness on the cross, that the light would forever shine. And he would proclaim victory. Make it personal. Where is the darkness in your life? Where is the darkness that, that seems to be just plaguing you? Bring in the shining light of Christ. It'll never go out. Remember, it's not about you turning on the light or you having enough light. It's about God giving us enough grace and light in Christ Jesus to redeem us. It's that redeeming light. He wins. Christ's light will always shine. Jesus, lastly, is the source of life. He is the source of life. He's the one who creates life. Uh, I'm not going to read through it. Karen read it. It's at Genesis 1 that he speaks all things. He, he makes things in their kind. He is the one who created life. And I love Genesis 1 because there's a pause in Genesis 1. God has got this cadence of daily creating some new stuff. It's all God. He's above and beyond creation because he's speaking it into existence. And all of a sudden, creation takes a pause. And God says, let us make man in our own image. All of a sudden, there's like a little holy huddle of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that are there that are going to pause in this creation, beautiful account, and say, we got something amazing to make here because we're going to make male and female different than anything else in all of creation. We're going to make male and female to reflect us in our image to know and love them, to love them and for them to love us. They're going to rule and reign over creation. They're going to represent us. He's going to create life and make all things. And then when we get to the Gospel of John, we hear that all things were made through this Word of God, Jesus. And without Him was not anything made that was made. He created all of life. He's the creator of life. Every time you hold a new child, say, thank you, Jesus. You see a grandchild born into your family, thank you, Jesus. Any life that comes, it comes from the hand of a God who created us. But it's more than just creating life, it's redeeming life. Jesus came to redeem us that were lost because of sin. 2 Corinthians 5.17 was read by Karen, Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Jesus gives us life, and he gives us new life. 
New life in Christ Jesus. How did He do that? By becoming like us. By dying for us. And by His grace, as we embrace Him as Savior, becoming new creatures. Born again. See, redeeming light is found in Him alone. But not just redeeming light, abundant light. Jesus came so that, not that we'd be a bunch of religious folks that don't know how to have fun. Not so we'd be like having our head down like, oh, we just stink. We're just sinners that just saved by grace. No, he came to give life and life abundantly. Do you believe that the happiest you could ever be, the most joy you could ever experience, is to have your life fully surrendered to Christ? He came to give us abundant life. Life and life abundantly is all found in him. He came to give us eternal life. Because only eternal life is found in Him. You know John 3.16, right? For God would so love the world, the Father, that He would give His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I love what Jesus would say Himself in John 17.3, and this is eternal life. What is eternal life? According to Jesus, this is eternal life, that they may know You, God the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ Whom you have sent. What is eternal life? It's a gift of God that He gives to those who believe in God. In God's Son. Let me ask you this question. Do you know the story of the Bible? And if you do, you heard it this morning and your heart would burn. Say, man, that is incredible. I know Jeff's a knucklehead. It didn't come from him. But the question is, do you have that life? That eternal life? That, that everlasting life? And I know most of you, I can look in your faces and say, I know you do. Praise the Lord. Walk in the light. Walk in the joy. May our lives reflect that reality. Our rock through the ages has come for us. That rock that we're going to find in every page of Scripture. Every page is going to whisper the name of Jesus. Every time we're going to need hope, the light of Christ will shine. And every one of the the supposed heroes of the Bible that stumble and fall will make us long for Christ Jesus even more. The true King. The true Savior. The true Champion. The true Lord. And may He reign here at King's Chapel. And may He reign in your life. Let us pray. Father God, we thank You for the beauty of Your Word. That, God, that you would tell us about your love for us, your people, but you would do it in a way that starts at the very beginning. The beginning of the story where you would create all things. And, God, as that story unfolds from Genesis to Revelation, we thank you that your light shines on every page. And we thank you for the hope that we find throughout that one story unfolding that all points to your glorious Son, Jesus, our Savior. God, we love the stories of the Bible. They're so entertaining. They're, so, they're fun. But God, it's the story of the Bible that transforms us and makes us yours. God, may that story transform our lives to live for your glory and for the good of our neighbor. Both now and forever, we pray in Christ's name.